0: Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Tuesday you will be spending more time with me. <laughs> and sometimes I will be bring some friends along as I take you through various leading ideas that I find interesting and worthy of your time in the personal finance world today. I've decided to call this segment first dips, hoping that you and I can get first dips on these leading ideas. Hey coconut. So yes, as a fellow Singaporean, all of you will have to contribute to CPF, like it or not. Like even if you don't work. Uh, so okay, for a long period of time, I didn't really hold like a long term work kind of thing. But I do some freelancing, right? And even as a freelancer, as an independent contractor, you have to top up MediSafe, right? So the MediSafe account or your medical account is uh, inevitable. You have to do it. And many people talk about you know optimizing your SA, optimizing your OA trying to put money from your ordinary account to your special account so that you can get the more, more percentage, like higher percentage, 4% instead of 25 But what about the medical account? And recently, as Aku uh, grew a bit older, you know, I've been thinking a little bit more about this. So what can I do with my MediSafe account to better optimize and prepare myself for the coming future? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom So good morning everyone. I welcome you to another day with the financial coconut and our podcast debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us, greater life we love, and managing our finances. Well, my name is Reggie, aka Eurochief Financial Coconut, and welcome to my segment. First dips, and today we're going to dip into this new... Okay, maybe not so new lah, but recently it's been uh, quite a new thing that I've been looking at because uh, as I grow a bit older, then I'll be like, oh yeah, what can I do, you know? (laughs) I don't want to be too vulnerable in my medical expenses, so I had to look at CPF and look at medical account, right? So what can I do to optimise my MA? What can I do to be better prepared for my potential big medical expenses? I mean, I I hope it doesn't happen lah, right? I hope I die a peaceful death close my eyes and no, and then sleep and then don't wake up, you know. <laughs> but, but you know, you know, let's be real, all of us. So yeah, today we're going to spend some time to talk a little bit about MediSafe Hacks. Um, hoping to help you optimize your MediSafe account. So fun, cute little story to kind of kick off our show today. Recently, okay, maybe not so recent, but by the time the episode goes out, it'll be like, what? A few months in. Okay, but recently, you know, the Financial Coconut team, we had a gathering amongst ourselves right, at JB. So we like, much, um, like, you know, eight of us, I think or eight or nine of us, we went into JB together. And we did all the stuff that you will usually do with your friends, right? Dim Sum, like, KTV, hard part, and all that, right? So we, we had a great time checking off all these boxes uh that Singaporeans will do when they go to JB. But what is really, really most amazing, right, was that we actually had the best time in the Airbnb because what were we doing? What were we doing at the Airbnb? <laughs> so we prepared a lot of games. Actually, Alan, uh, our host from Lee Tai Oh Yeah, which is our Chinese show, you should check it out. The Financial Coconut Chinese podcast, or you can write Lee Tai Oh Yeah, you know, or you can go to our Telegram group, or you can, yeah, I yeah, mean, we're everywhere, right? So just go there and um, they do everything in Mandarin, all that good stuff. Maybe Bahasa podcast will go out soon. We will see where that brings us. But importantly, he brought some board games, right? So everybody was like, oh yeah, let's play some board games. You know, But a few rounds into the game, it became like, ah, oh, very tiring. And then we ended up gravitating to group stretchers. <laughs> so Helen's partner in the podcast, Sien, is actually a professional like stretcher. You know, they stretch muscles and all that. So we ended up spending a lot of time stretching, and and what the hell? But, but that was the reality, right? So we're all aging, like In other words, right? We're all in our 30s So you know, I'm probably the younger one in on the team, but they are all older than me. Yay! So they're all thirty plus, and yeah, this is just kind of just doing a lot of stretching. <laughs> and it's it's like what? So that made me start to think a little bit about like this whole health and medical aspects. I mean, to be clear, I was already looking at it before before this JB event, but. You know, after spending time with the team at JB, I was like, "Yeah, man. You I mean I think in our thirties, yeah, let's let's kind of settle down a little bit more and check if we have enough coverage and uh, what is our Medisafe like? You know, do are we are we sufficiently protected and all that, right? So that made me want to put together today's episode to talk a little bit more about the Medisafe account since you know most people talk about topping up. You know, your CPF and transferring to OA, the whole one M65 movement. You know, so there's there's a lot of all of that, but there's not enough discussion about the MediSafe Safe account, I feel, right? So that is uh what we're gonna talk about today. And before I begin today's episode, I also want to put a word out there to say that hey, you know, it's okay to feel a little bit more jittery about things as you age and you start to see friends around you, um, or family members around you, things happen and then you feel like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe I need to be more protected. I need to be a bit more ready. I, I get it. I totally get it. But let, let's be clear. Huh? Let's be very clear. For once and for, I'm going to put this statement out there. No amount of protection or money in your MediSafe account is going to reduce the risk and probability of you getting into some weird health phenomenon or weird medical situation. Okay? So... <laughs> It's not like you buy more insurance It will reduce your risk Of uh, getting You know Medical issues Right So none of those things Will mitigate the risk Of you having medical issues And medical problems Uh, It still boils back down To your diet The way you live The stress level How you manage yourself The burnouts All those things Are still The main thing Right If you want to really Mitigate any probability Or reduce the probability Of experiencing Health conditions Or early medical conditions Then uh, You should can I adjust your lifestyle a little bit? You know, work on some of the best-in-class ideas to live a healthy life. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of where it is. <laughs> so, I, I'm very, very amazed when people tell me, oh yeah, you know I bought all these insurance, right? So if anything happened, right? I can pass my money down to my, my next generation. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know lah. You know, but, but, okay, let's be clear. So, no amount of financial planning is going to reduce your health risk, Okay. Once and for all. But um, some of these financial strategies and financial ideas that I'm going to share with you today and you may have heard of some of them and and all that, right? It's there to help you mitigate the financial costs that exist if let's say you get into a medical condition. Okay, so please separate them. It's two different things. Okay, It's not like you buy a lot of insurance, you will never get into accident. It's different, different. So I no longer want to hear anybody tell me, ah, I got my insurance. It's like, so what? That only mitigates the cost. That only mitigates the potential financial impact. It does not, okay, does not fundamentally reduce the potential of health risks. Okay, so live healthily, you know, find a life you love. And I think previously we covered quite a few topics on like quiet quitting, laying down, and, and all these are, I think, reality checks that a lot of us, um, at some point in time we gotta ask ourselves, like, like what do we want? And can we take a break, take a breather? You know, too many of us are just kind of like going through the grind. Spending a lot of time Doing things that may not benefit us And then like You know Using other coping mechanisms like comfort eating, drinking with friends, you know, and and all that, right? To manage the situation. So there are certain better things that I think we can do to live a healthier life. And yeah, by then, by the time this episode go out, the Future Fitness podcast should be out also, right? So you can hop over to Future Fitness, uh, which is a show that we are collaborating with our corporate sponsors to uh, talk a little bit about some of these ideas. How to be fitter for the future and not just like, you know, Financially or physically, maybe mental health also, right? And also uh, socially and the corporate world. So, so all facets of what it means to be future fit. Uh, yeah, check out Future Fitness. We're going to start today with the first hack or the first MA, medical account idea that I think more people should think about, okay, number one is to top up your MA to at least 15000 okay? Why so specific, okay? So I think a lot of people, when they think of shifting money from OA to SA, because that one you can just shift, right? You you, you work for a few years, five years into the job, you have some ordinary account and then you listen to financial podcasts or you listen to some of these other like financial movements out there and then you hear all these people say, oh, let's top up your CPF, you know, shift your money to special accounts so that you can make 4% and not 2.5%. All that stuff, great, right? So you can actually do that and shift your OA money to SA, right? And um, I know recently, interest rates have changed a little bit. So some people are saying, oh, maybe it's not too good a plan. We can have that separate discussion altogether, but That is kind of where most people are focusing their discussion on really shifting money from ordinary account to special account or shifting money from the ordinary account to put into like CPF investment scheme. So it's a lot of trying to like get more upside, get more upside. All that, all that is great. It's fine. But what about medical? What about medical account, okay? Reality is you cannot shift your ordinary account money to your medical account, okay? So it's not like just go to the app and say transfer from OA to SA. You cannot transfer from OA to MA. That is not possible, huh? not possible at all. So if you want to build your MediSafe account, you have to cash top up, okay? You have to do cash top up. But the beautiful thing here is that medical account also gives you 4% year on year, okay? So it's pretty much the same as special account. But the difference here is medical account, you can actually use it for medical expenses. Special account is like far, 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 far fetch, you know, like long, 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 30 years down when you are old and frail with Sally from HR, you know? <laughs> having coffee downstairs. And then you can can start to play around with that, right? But medical account is important because it's essentially you can use the medical account to um, pay for your bills, pay for hospitalization, do some, some surgeries are covered and all that, right? So there's quite a whole range of it and I think that's kind of where we want to explore the MediSafe account. And so with this backdrop, right, the question is, so if I'm going to do cash top up on my CPF, that means I'm going to put money into CPF, whether it's, is it to get tax rebate or whether is it to leverage on the state policies to try to, you know, get myself to a better financial position, should I put cash top up into medical account first or ordinary account or special accounts? I don't think anybody will really put into ordinary account lah, huh? The discussion is between SA and MA since they are sharing the same interest yield about 4% today. Okay, this may change but at this point in time, time of recording is 4% Uh, percent year-on-year you, okay? The beauty is at the end of the day, if let's say you don't use your Medisave account, by the time you're healthy, healthy, you retire, everything is going to come together into one account, right? So, it's not like your medical account forever stays as medical account. You can only use it for medical. Eventually, all three accounts will merge to become retirement account, okay? So, it's a with that in mind, I will say, let's top up our medical account first because there's more fluidity in what we can do with it. And I would say, you know, like when we are 30, right? Or like 30 plus, you are a little bit of health scare here and there. Then you'll be like, oh yeah, maybe I need to care a little bit more about this, right? So this is really like us protecting our downside, especially with clearly aging bodies, you know, wake up a little bit sore here, lah, sometimes a bit out Random, very random, like aku someday wake up, like, oh my goodness, right? So I think medical account also having that 4%, we should top it up first rather than doing cash top up on like special account, okay? And okay, some people will then say that, oh, like that, that, I just top up all the way like all medical account, okay? <laughs> the reality is, uh, there is a maximum cap that you can go for, which is called the Basic Healthcare Sum, BH. S, which today is kept at 63000 63, Okay, and it will keep adjusting similar to all other CPF accounts like, but the base idea here is uh, even a thing who knows, uh, after a while you realise maybe this is a very good plan and you want to milk it all the way. The reality is you can't. The maximum amount you can hold in your MediSafe uh, which is the basic healthcare sum today is 63000 Maybe by the time we are done, maybe 100000 right So there is a cap do it. Okay. And it will compound at 4% every year. So some people will ask then why 15,000 so specific, right? So with 15,000 in your MediSafe account, okay, with your MediSafe account or your MA, at 4% interest year on year, you get about $600 in yield. Okay. So essentially, you put aside a bunch of capital called 15,000 in your MediSafe account. The government or CPF provides you 4% yield on that 15000 Every year, you get $600 worth of yield. I mean, so you can see as dividend, you can see as profit, you can see as your money compounding, whatever. And the reality is it is your money, okay? It is your money, it is not. You know, some people, I think uh, when they look at it, right? Very interesting one. When they, they see capital as capital and they don't see profit or interest or dividend as like part of their money. You know, it's like all oh, these extra ones. So I, I can spend my dividend, I can spend my interest I can spend my yield, but I cannot spend my capital. So it's 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 quite cute, lah huh. I will say the basic idea is that if you have a bunch of money sitting around and it gives you consistent returns, you spend a consistent return you never eat into your capital. This is true. But do not mentally separate that all oh, capital is capital, you know, and uh, interest is interest. Like, like money is different. Like, this money is not money. The other money is money. Like that, okay? So, <laughs> but important, important why you want about 600 in the ballpark, dividend, uh, yield, uh, interest, uh, whatever you want to call it, okay? <laughs> CPF, uh, I don't really know how to put this. But with 15,000, in your medical account and uh, 4% interest every year, you get $600 worth, right? So your your interest return is $600. And this brings us to point number two. You can use your interest, you, from the medical account to then buy integrated shield plans, right? So, and uh, I've been a big proponent of integrated shield plans. I will talk to you a little bit more afterward from our sponsor. So, start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So, okay, so everyone knows that, you know, with the medical account or MediSafe, okay, they mean the same thing. Uh, more or less the same thing. Like, they, let's take it as they mean the same thing. I use it interchangeably, okay? With the medical account, uh, you can use it for medical expenses, you know, and which ones exactly... You can use, right, um, there's, there's many, okay? So just go to the MOH website, okay? So the Ministry of Health has a website that gives you the whole list of like, what is the subsidies, what you can use your medicine for, blah, 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 Okay, it is not very difficult to find. But broadly speaking, okay, broadly speaking, uh, uh, the idea is going to the hospital. Okay. So that is the, that's the core idea. If you're hospitalized, you need surgery, you need prolonged care, some sort of vaccine, some sort of serious treatment. All these things, you can use medical account. Okay. Don't go quality cleaning or any kind of clinic, right? For cough syrup and, ah, uh, hey, uh, can I use a medical account? <laughs> Don't, okay. I know. I know. For a period of time, I, that thing went through my mind also. It's like when I was getting my cough syrup, I wanted to ask, hey, can you use MediSafe? <laughs> But okay, Noah, the reality is, let's just collectively think of it as a medical account can be used for big ticket medical items. You want the full list? Please go to MOH website, okay? Medical Ministry of Health's uh, website. Now, there's a whole list uh, of what it covers, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but generally, big ticket and going to the hospital is the main idea. So, with that as the base idea, we need to realize a few things, right? We go to the hospital, there's a big ticket expense, right? There's all these things that we need to pay for. And when we are hospitalised, um, the government gives the most amount of subsidies, at least today, ah, the most amount of subsidies to people that go for like Ward C and Ward B2. Okay, so there are certain structures, okay? Essentially, right, in the warding system, ah, you go to the hospital, they got like Ward A, which you have like your one-bedder, television, and at night, nobody, very cold, very sienna. (laughs) So that's that one. There's also B1, which has, I think, was it 2 better or 4 better. You know, so so there are a few different tiers. Okay, B, A, B1, B2, and C, Watt C. Okay, so the most subsidies are given to Watt C and B2. Once you move up to B1 and Watt A, right, subsidies will drop, okay, quite significantly. So after subsidies, there will be a lump sum. With this lump sum, you can then claim uh, MediSafe on it. Right, so you can spend, you can use MediSafe to cover that lump sum. So, and then after you spend, okay, cannot say claim, you spend uh, because the MediSafe is yours. After you spend the MediSafe, uh, whatever there's left, you have to pay cash. Lah, okay? Uh, if not, you get your, your spouse MediSafe lah, or your parents MediSafe. You know, all, all can be interchangeable. Okay? Between you, your spouse and your family. Okay? The, the immediate family, you can use each other's MediSafe. Okay? So after you're done with all that, you know, anything remaining, you pay cash. And after you're done with that, you can take the whole thing and go and claim insurance. So you must pay first. Insurance is not something happened to you, then you immediately use the insurance. No, you must pay first and then you claim. Even for Shield, which is a state-run insurance or, you know, integrated SHIELD plan, you have to pay first and then you claim. So what is the interesting idea here? The interesting idea here is once you go into B1 or what A, your subsidies reduce massively, right? And I get it. Some of you want comfort, right? Some of you, um, when you live a better life, you know, you, you you already work so hard, right? And and you want to kind of move up the social ladder. You want to live in a more comfortable position, especially when you're sick and not feeling too well, right? I understand. Fully understand, okay? But what I would recommend people to think about, right, is uh, if you live in HDB, you go to the hospital, you can also live the HDB vibe of hospital. Okay, don't please. <laughs> I know a lot of people will sell you, you know, all these ideas of like, oh yeah, you're in a lot of pain now, you're struggling, you know, you want to expedite, you you can you can get a special doctor, mean all, all, all those kind of stuff, and then try to sell you an upsized plan, okay, <laughs> on the insurance plan. All right, so my base idea is if you live the HDB life, then you probably should live the HDB hospital life. <laughs> You know, because I see a lot of people paying a lot more for insurance policies, right? So that they can live in comfort in the hospital. In other words, what happens is you uh, scream and save, or you cut back on your expenses to live the HDB life, and then something happened to you. You live the condo hospital life. A bit cute, lah. Okay, so, so that but that is my view. Okay, you don't need to share this view. I'm just putting it out there. Okay, so if you live the HDB life, then it's not so bad to like do C ward or B two ward. You know, with a lot of subsidies. But if you were to live the condo life and you want to live the condo hospital life, like B one or A, then your subsidies reduce. And it's just so happened, just so happened, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not saying you cannot. Uh, just so happen, you live the HDB life, but right? you want to live the condo hospital life, right? And you want to stay what A and what B one, you must recognize that subsidies massively reduce once you move up into B one and what A. So when you go into those spaces, right, it is wise, okay, it is wise, to buy integrated shield plan which is an insurance structure that is built upon the MediShield policy. So to put it simply, right, I don't want to go into the details of these things because um, different insurance provider will have slightly different. Please check them out. The idea here is everyone owns MediShield. Okay, you got money, no money, government will pay for you. Everybody has MediShield which covers the bare minimum. Basic, basic. Okay, so your subsidies and all that, they're all kind of revolving around this idea of basic healthcare support and MediShield is one of them. But once you want to go into the more premium, the more atas eh, hospital life, then MediShield is, uh, doesn't cover those things, right? So in order to uh, not spend a lot more extra just because you want to live in like B1 or what A or have specialties and all that, then it is wise to buy an integrated SHIELD plan. Okay, and the integrated SHIELD plan will then cover some of these expenses. As to what is the percentage, how much they cover, you got to look at the plans. But the core idea here is integrated SHIELD plan is built on shield So that means you already have it and then it's an add-on. That's why it's integrated. And by far, by far, I'm also going to put this statement out, by far at this point in time, it is the best bank for your buck. You can go and ask any insurance agent uh, is the best bank for your buck. They don't make a lot of money out of it because, uh, exactly, the government uh, you work with the government, right? the government don't really let you profit now. So, yeah, integrated shield plan. Everybody, when you're exploring insurance, you must explore the integrated shield plan to begin with. And the beauty here is if you think about it, uh, if you have that 600 bucks from your 15000 capital, now you can use that 600 bucks to buy your integrated shield plan and Level up further All on the basis Of the 15,000 capital That you have accumulated In your medical account In your early days So that's not too bad, right? But that being said, doesn't mean you definitely have to have um, integrated SHIELD plan. MediSHIELD can be good enough for you if you don't really want to have specialists lah, or you move up. Lah. Because, okay, let's be clear, right? A lot of people say, oh, I, w- I want to look for a specialist. I want to like, be able to pick my own doctor. I was like, how many doctor friends do you actually know? <laughs> it's like, you don't know any doctor friends? Who you want to pick? You end up going there and say, like, oh, can you in- introduce me to your best doctor? You also don't know anyone, right? So, so let, let, let's, be, let's be real, uh, let's be real. Okay, as we move up the social ladder, as we come to a better situation financially, we can adopt some of these strategies. You know, but let us not overspend on insurance. Think about insurance as an expense and not as some like future upside. There's, there's no future upside in this thing, okay? So yes, if you want to explore integrated shoe plan, yeah, maybe topping up and taking the dividend from that capital and buying integrated shoe plan is a good strategy for you. And this brings me to point number three, the third MA hack, and that is to top up your parents' medical account. So, this is the same idea, okay, with tax rebates, topping up CPF plus CPF money cannot be taxed, whether you enter the system or exit the system, so there is no taxation on this, okay? But I think this point is important and interesting, right? Because many of us, okay, uh, we subscribe to this whole filial piety, right? It's a very Confucius idea, okay? It's not, not Asian values, huh? You must understand. Okay, don't. I shouldn't start this like blabbering into Asian values because Asian values is a construct at that point in time. Kuan Yu Mahathir, a bunch of them come together to create this idea called Asian values. But to be very clear, okay, this filial piety idea is a Confucius idea. Okay, that was a uh, very widely adopted in the Chinese culture. Okay, now that, thus. Uh, not amongst our Malay friends, our Indian friends and every other person in the, <laughs> in the Asian context, right? But whatever, right? If you subscribe to the idea of filial piety, you know, which, which really is, you know, uh, our, when we're young, our parents take care of us. When they're old, we take care of them um, and blah, 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 right? So these are some ideas. Uh, the biggest manifestation of this, right? The biggest way that most people are practicing this idea at this point in time is what we call household allowance, right? Which means uh, give a portion of your income to become your parents' income for them to spend at free will, okay? Uh, and many people take pride in this and many families have even internalized this as a must, okay? Like, Macham, like, if you don't give me, uh, you, you push out, you know? You're, like, you're not good, right? You're not a filial son or a filial daughter, right? But um, I will not debate this moral code. <laughs> to take, it's going to take three more episodes, huh? But I want us to think a little bit more on a financially strategic way to manifest this idea of filial piety, okay? And this is going about this idea that maybe maybe instead of giving $500 a month to your parents, how about you give them $250? You talk to them, give them $250 and the remaining $250, you can top up their medical account or you can, even if you don't top up their medical account, you can top up other accounts. Okay, but the idea here is if you top up medical account, it helps them become more medically resilient, right? Like financially resilient for medical expenses and uh, it also helps to elevate your issues and it helps them to elevate their concerns also, right? So, it is really just a different way of putting money, a different way of showing feelings piety that I think can be done, okay? Although there's a little bit of an uh, explanation, a little bit of a uh, convincing, uh, a little bit of all these because, uh, because, yeah, la, you know, the consensus out there is as such, you know, give family household allowance. But my view is, my view is, if you want to get out of the sandwich generation, right, someone must bite the bullet and we are not really getting our parents to bite the bullet. We're just trying to say, hey you know, maybe you enjoy a little bit slower. Let's put some of this money into your medical account so that it covers your expenses and, you know, we can kind of break the cycle so that we don't continue to have the next level of sandwich generation and the cycle keeps repeating and we continue to pain ourselves and our kids, right? So I think that's kind of the angle. Probably your parents will be able to suck into the angle. Lah. And if it works, please come to our Telegram group and let me know that this narrative works and we can propagate it. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so I think these are the three main medical hacks or medical account hacks that I do think more of us can explore. To better leverage on the medical account ecosystem, right? So be a little smarter, government give us some good stuff, let us take it and run. So number one is to top up your medical account to at least 15000 The beauty is you also get 4%. You cannot transfer OA to MA, but with that 4%, you can then potentially use it to do other things, right? The beauty here is medical account can cover your basic medical expenses when you enter the hospital. So it is really just a situation where you don't just build into the future like everything is upside, right? We do a little bit of this kind of like defensive strategy to protect our downside if let's say we enter the hospital. So, top up your medical account. I think there's some value here. Of course, let's be clear. There's a basic healthcare sum, BHS, which is essentially not very basic. It's more like cap, you know? It's like your top line. You, you cannot top up anymore once you reach that sum. And by today's number is 63,000. So, by the time we reach retirement, maybe 100,000? We'll see. Right? And this brings me to point number two and that is if you have 15, 000 or or at least some sort of capital in your medical account, you can get dividend yield, right? Or interest you, 4% interest you on your capital and with at least 15000 you get about $600. You can use this $600 to then buy integrated SHIELD plans, right? So, with the integrated SHIELD plans, then it covers your higher order, you know, uh, higher tier of medical medical expenses if you enter the hospital and you want to go for a premium service. So, integrated SHIELD plans today has provided most value for you and I, right? So, definitely explore integrated SHIELD plans whether or not you use MediSafe to pay for for it. But you can actually use MediSafe to pay for it. Which brings me to point number three and that is to top up your parents' MediSafe or medical account. Um, Same idea. Same idea with CPF top up but the idea here is of course medical accounts specific for medical expenses. At the end when they retire, all go into retirement account. But importantly, I think this is a different manifestation of all this filial piety. Take care of the family. Take care of you in the future. Take care of them. It's a different way to manifest it while potentially breaking out of the sandwich generation, which is just endlessly, you know, stifling um, a lot of people. And I know many people are struggling. So with that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut knowledge. It's a much more powerful, interesting when share, debate, and discuss. Join our community telegram group. Okay. I just want you to do one thing. Join our community telegram group. We have been having a lot more traction, a lot more people coming in, having more conversation. That's all great stuff. Uh link is in the description below. I want to see you on the other side. And yeah, we can continue this discussion. So thank you for joining me. Your host Reggie. You know, you can follow me on Instagram if you want. At your host reggie. Um, um first tips. Okay, so I hope you find today's episode useful and uh, interesting. I will say that when a lot of us, when we look at CPF or HDB, because these are state-run systems, uh, there's a lot of tendency, there's a lot of tendency to kind of associate it with like the political party that you support. So if like if you don't support the current ruling party, you will have a general disdain for it and it's normal, I kind of, I understand, I understand why it's like that. Uh, but objectively, objectively, when we kind of look at it, the system has improved. It has improved over time. Improved in the sense that it's more supportive for the mass, and uh, there's indeed uh, more more value that, that, the, that the state-run system gives, right? In, in the past, you can argue that, you know, they, they're not really doing much for us, you know, but these days, yeah, with, with all the CPF Live, MediSafe, Live Elder Shield, Cash Shield, a lot of these kind of new things. Essentially, it's the state bearing the risk um, on some of these insurance policies. So it's actually it's very interesting because it makes it harder for insurance companies to charge you at a certain price because now the state runs a much bigger insurance offering. And if you, coconuts, didn't yet know, um, yeah, you can ask all your insurance agents. They all know that they don't make much from integrated shield plans. Right. They, in fact, they, you can even argue that they don't, they don't really make anything. It's more like a, their goal is to get you into the system, right? And then let's say you use a particular brand A, kind of integrated shield, and then you know they have your contact. You build trust with them. Hopefully, they can upsell you other things. That's generally the process. You know, but broadly speaking, because of the expansion of MediSafe, the expansion of all these kind of policies, uh, life integrated, all these kind of shield, 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 it it really helps in in getting more value for for you and I, like the lay on the ground. So yeah, maybe maybe uh, one thing to really explore is to see how the state run system can support rather than. Just outright like I no canoa You know, which which I get it. I get where the anger and the disdain comes from. Uh, but yeah, try to look at it in a more open mind la oh? open minded, take a look at it. It it has changed. It has changed. Next week we're gonna talk a little bit about Malaysia Digital Nomad Visa, right? So I'm, I'm very excited for this because for all of you that didn't know, um, I, I I live in Subang. So I spend most of my time in Subang, which is in Malaysia. And then I do come in every month in Singapore to do my recording, go for events, do all those kind of things, right? So, you know, uh, TFC work, you know? But well, okay, in Subang, I also do a lot of TFC work. I record all, all that stuff, right? So it's great. Uh, but... I think recently someone sent me a link to say like, hey, Malaysia has a new digital nomad visa. I was like, oh my goodness, that gives me optionality. So I don't need to do visa runs anymore. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit about it and it may open up your mind on like what is possible because it's not just for like remote or like or, like digital workers, you know. You can even have a full-time contract if your company is okay. You can go about just taking this visa and stay here, you know. And, and it's going to be extremely interesting. It opens up a whole range of possibilities. So yeah, we will see you next week.